welcome to another episode of On the Power Play. It's me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my lovely co-hosts, Matt and Adam. How are we doing, gentlemen? You gave Hello. a good ooh yeah there. I was like, oh, the Macho Man's here. Like, let's ooh, go. Oh, yeah, brother. Macho Man. We're going to bring you an episode of On the Power Play. Man, this is topical because WrestleMania is this weekend. I love it. Is it? Yeah, it had to. It is. It is. This, it is. this Saturday and Sunday, the week I have off. Woo. Yeah, buddy. I mean, this is a great week for you. You have off like all week. I'm, li- I'm living the dream. You are. You legit are living the dream right now. Speaking of living the dream, unfortunately, these two franchises are not in the NHL. Let's get into some hockey as we do. <laughs> segue. As we do. We start the episode uh, just to get over the whole COVID stuff. Uh, we don't want to harp on it too much because we understand it happens in the league and you guys probably already know about it. So uh, the Northern bubble in Canada uh, early on in the season was kind of, uh, I would say, applauded for their uh, COVID restrictions. Unfortunately, the Vancouver Canucks have run into an issue where more than half of their players have tested positive for COVID-19, according to ESPN.com. Some players are symptomatic, and according to several sources, there are a few who are in, quote, rough shape. One Canuck player told ESPN he hadn't heard from a team representative about any players going to the hospital, but he had heard of teammates receiving IV treatments for severe dehydration, presumably at their homes. So hopefully the Canucks get out of this uh, unscathed and all the athletes are happy and healthy when all things are said and done uh that's kind of a scary situation where half your team gets taken out almost you know and i think we need to talk about this a little more because they can't even put a team together Uh, how long is it how long is it gonna be out there's 20 games remaining in the season and you're missing a little bit a month and a half and you're missing half your team yeah i mean i know they have the taxi squad thing in the nhl but like do you have enough players to to fill the taxi squad up. And at that point you're just playing with an uh, AHL squad, you know, like you, you, you don't even really have a competitive team as much as the, the, you know, the Canucks haven't been all that competitive in the first place, but like, I mean, yeah, that's, it it says uh, that it's up to 16 players uh, on the COVID list right now. And I don't, was it 16? I thought 16 players. Okay. That was, that was this morning. So I had heard 20 at one point. See, that's I mean, that's that's the uh, the issue there. I mean, yeah, they're in the bottom of the division, but by no means are they out of it. Um, they're they're only uh, seven points back of the Canadians. Uh, by no means does that mean you're out of it with this stretch of the season left. Uh, so that's a scary situation for the Canucks. And hopefully, you know, besides hockey, hopefully everybody's happy and healthy on the uh, on the back end of it when it does come time. Uh, some more COVID troubles in Texas. The Dallas Stars head coach, Rick Bownis, was pulled mid-game due to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, he is uh, 66, which makes him the oldest head coach in the league, uh, but also uh, someone who is at risk. Uh, he is fully vaccinated, according to the team. Um, so uh, their, their uh, assistant coach took on coaching responsibilities for the rest of the game, which they lost one nothing. Uh, I think it was out of just an abundance of caution. Uh, I think it had come to the point of uh, uh, they said, quote, um, everybody decided this was the right situation because of Rick's situation, that he is a low risk and because of the grade of the test. Um, it is a rapid test. It's one of those rapid morning tests that, you know, we've seen false positives and we've seen it go wrong, be wrong before. Uh, so I think this was just out of an abundance of caution because he is fully vaccinated. Um, so I, I don't expect too much issue with this one, um, but we will we'll we'll monitor that as it goes on. But to get out of the COVID stuff because it is quite depressing, we have some cool news here, especially for a guy like me, being a former goaltender. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who for many, 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 many years have had goaltending issues. Uh, their goaltender, Jack Campbell, has tied the franchise win streak record at nine wins in a row. Uh, he uh, made 26 saves last night to improve to this 9-0-0 record. Uh, he was quoted saying, uh, this is a huge honor, but all that matters is winning. Uh, I guess so, Jack, because that seems to be the only thing you're doing. 
how do you think this guy is uh, – how do you guys think this impacts Toronto already basically having just a stranglehold on the North Division and now having two quality goaltenders? Definitely gives him confidence. It has to, right? I mean, you can say it might be the team in front of him, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't think they're playing an abundance of defense in front of him. You know, I don't think, like, it's like, oh, it's all the defense. I mean, not, not really. Had to make 29 saves for, for a shutty, you know? So, I'm just saying, nine wins in a row, that's, A, a really cool feat, and, B, something really good in the goaltending department happening to a very good offensive team. Uh, Matt, now I how wonder you about that? It's uh, eye-popping, definitely eye-popping for a team that uh, was kind of shopping for a goalie this summer, not to go, go after Craig Anderson. Wait, is that – no. Frederick Anderson. You're Frederick Anderson. Frederick, Frederick, Frederick yeah. Anderson. Thank you. Um, but this Jack Campbell guy, you know, once you get the, you get the reins and you get rolling – it's hard to give it up, you know. You've played to not give it up. And it's hard if you're the Maple Leafs right now. Uh, you know, Frederick Anderson has been your guy for, like, three years now. Um, and, you know, respectfully has played at least well in that. But you know, it's hard to not play the hot hand here because uh, this Jack Campbell kid is absolutely just on a tear. Because uh, if he's on a nine-game win streak, that means the team – is on a nine-game win streak. So that's a petrifying thing if you're in the North Division watching a team that's already in first place and already probably the best team in that division just going on a tear like this uh, at the end of the season. Uh, so that's not looking too pretty for the rest of the North Division, but obviously the Maple Leafs will Maple Leaf, and we'll have to see what happens in the playoffs uh, because uh, when was the last time they won a cup? 1960-something? Uh, let me check. 60, Hold on. There's, there's a 60. Twitter that explicitly uh, talks about this. You want to vamp? You want to? You want to? What? Of course there is. I feel like that's that's a Twitter account that makes sense. <laughs> that's gonna a, take me. That's a logical Twitter account. Um, but yeah, I mean that's good for him. First and foremost, uh, I'm he's kind of he's a younger guy in the league. Uh, let me see how old he is. Um, he's been in the league a while. I'm looking at his stats right now. Actually, has I, just, he? I thought he was younger. 29. Yeah, still. I mean, he's in his he, he's his late 20s, sure. But, um, yeah, it looks like. Uh, Played for it, Dallas, L.A., uh, and now his current stint with Toronto. He's honestly been a solid goaltender for, you know, the, I wouldn't say the short time he's been in the league. But for, you know, the time he's been in the league, I think what kind of hindered his uh, coming out party, so to speak, was he played behind Jonathan Quick in L.A. for four seasons. When when he was good, yeah. You know, um, yeah. his career stats right now are 73 games played, 32 wins, 27 losses. Uh, he's got a 244 goals against and a 920 save percentage. I'd have to agree with you there, Adam. I think those are solid career stats for, for any goaltender. I mean, obviously, I think he'd want to get those – games played back up but he's giving himself the opportunity now uh with uh with toronto uh to be able to do so because uh he played one game each in 2013 uh to 2017 he played two games in total uh and then um five games 2018 31 games 2019 uh 20 games 2020 and this year he's played looks like uh it was like nine so uh, nine, basically nine the, starts, nine, nine wins. starts, nine wins uh, for a 153 goals against average and a 944 save percentage. This man is going off on a ridiculous clip. Uh, he's um, he's only got 14 goals against in that in that time frame on um, 252 shots against, right? which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Um, great numbers for this guy. I mean, my goodness. And especially when you're breaching your thirties as a goaltender and you haven't necessarily solidified yourself in the league yet, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, really, really got to feel good for this guy for that. Cause that's just, that's just cool stuff right there. And to answer the previous question, according to, uh, at least last cup, it has been 19,698 days since they won a cup. 408 days since they lost to an AHL Zamboni driver and 89 days until breaking the record for the longest Stanley cup drought ever. That was tweeted 22 hours ago, once again, by 
at Leafs Last Cup. What a fantastic stat keeping Twitter. <laughs> that that just I, that just breeds. If you're if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, that just breeds depression. <laughs> it does. And I'm glad they keep count of that David Ayers that like, yeah, we that, lost to that our makes me happy. <laughs> and they tweet once a day for apparently God knows how long. I don't know how long this Twitter's been activated, but they oh, tweet- those poor saps. They they've been tweeting once a day, I think, since June 2016. Oh my gosh. <laughs> These poor guys just keep hurting themselves. I love it. They like it. Oh, and to keep on this, uh, this goaltender pace, because uh, I sent the uh, itinerary for the episode to the boys today. And uh, I, I saw that I wrote like three separate things, goaltender related, and nobody stopped me. So we're going to keep this going. Listen, I'm a goalie at heart. Oh, I love I'm a it. goalie at heart. So uh, the NBCSports.com website kind of broke down the top tier uh, tandems for goaltenders in the league. And you know me and my opinion on having a good goalie tandem. I think it's very, very good to have that and can breed success. And the best one in the league right now is Cam Talbot and uh, Capo Kakinen of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so right now, um, Talbot's 33 years old, but he's having the best year of his career um, ever since 2014-2015 uh, when he played 36 games for the New York Rangers. Uh, through 16 starts this year, he's gone 9-5-1 and with a 9-28 save percentage, which is fourth in the NHL among goalies with at least 10 games played. He's got 226 goals against. And behind him is the rookie, Capo Kakinen, 24 years old, right now 12-6-0, with a 2-3-4 goals against and a 9-20 save percentage, which is fourth amongst rookies. What? <laughs> Big time. What? That is it big, seems, big time. That is huge time. It seems to me that Minnesota is the land of rejuvenating your goaltending career. Seriously. Uh, you can ask uh, Alex Stalock. Uh, uh, a goaltender also, I know well. Who also was just picked up on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. So good for him to keep the career going. Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik. Uh, yeah. So if you want to go rejuvenate your uh, quote unquote failed goaltending career in the NHL, go to Minnesota. Good things seem to happen for you. I don't know why. Maybe because right now you're in the same division as the Ducks, the Kings, the Sharks, and the Coyotes. Uh, I so feel like I should take offense to that, but I won't. No offense, no offense. Uh, um, but you know, take offense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, I have to be honest here, buddy. I have to be honest. Hey, um, we got one, one team out of that list. We're on a four-game winning streak, I think. Well, I was um, just no, yeah. The, I guess I guess the I guess the Blues as well right now being at the bottom of that, that seven-game drought. Yeah, game drought. Uh, so you're playing uh, on a division with at least four to five bad teams. Uh, so that will obviously help your goaltending statistics if they can't score on you by themselves anyways. Um, so good for them. I love the fact that this is now something that's kept track of. Um, however, yeah. there's a couple more goaltender tandems brought up in this article. And uh, at least like ones that are like, wow, these need to be highlighted. There's, one specific tandem that I want to see if you guys can guess right now. Uh, they would be probably the other, I would say, best tandem in the league going right now. I want to see what you, who you guys think it is. Is it Washington? It is not Washington. Not Washington? It is not is that, Washington. That's a good guess, though. But, it uh, is a good guess. They're on this list, but uh, I'm gonna- looks like in – Sixth place on this list. Okay. I'm going to go outside the box here a little bit. And I'm going to say the streaking tandem of the Florida Panthers, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and uh, what's his name, Chris Dredger. You would be correct. Sergei Bobrovsky and Chris Dredger are coming a close hey! second behind these two in Minnesota. Uh, right now, Bob has made 20 appearances and uh, he's 13 5 and 2 with a 903 save percentage and a 291 goals against average. And behind him, the 26 year old who's only played 12 games, but he's 9 4 and 2 uh, with a 927 save percentage and a 219 goals against average. Uh, obviously, not, not exactly as good as. Uh, 
Kakanen and uh, Talbot have been for Minnesota. But my goodness, these are some incredible goaltending tandem stats. Um, I, I can't like you can't you can't even argue that goaltending tandems breed success because that's exactly what the Wild and the Panthers are experiencing right now. I mean, the Panthers a little bit more than the Wild because also the offense in front of them is playing exceptionally well, and that's why they're in first place in the Central now, topping the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I didn't see coming. I still think the Lightning are going to finish in first, but for right now, uh, we can only we can only predict what we see, you know. So <laughs> yeah. Just, actually the actual opposite of what the word predict means fun fact (laughs) (laughs) oh somebody stop me anyway hello and welcome to english class with mr bingaman hello everyone i will teach you things speaking of teaching things Uh uh-oh the carolina hurricanes right now are currently running with three goaltenders Oh, and having a I what I would say is a decent amount of success as they are in third place in the central. They're running with a tandem of Alex Nedeljkovic, James uh, Reimer, Nedel I can say this because I I had him on the Winnipeg Jets. It's hard. Go ahead, Nedeljkovic. Okay, pronounced Al- Alex Nedeljkovic, James there Reimer, and Peter Morozik all of which are having exceptional seasons right now. Well, Morazic uh, is just coming off of injury, isn't he? He is, but is so far playing well. Mm. Uh, last year, I believe he went 14-4-2 with a 9.05 save percentage. So uh, he, he's only, I believe, seen two games back, but I, I, he won both. So you, go. you got three goaltenders that you can card out there and have a good night in, in between the pipes? I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. This cannot happen in today's NHL. I refuse to see it. it <laughs> At least trade almost... one of them to help somebody out. That's what I was about to say. I think that it sounds like they have themselves a trading option. They so have themselves a great probably, trading option. I'd say it's probably going to be Reimer or uh, Nedeljkovic that gets moved out. I don't see them moving on from Mrazic. I don't see him moving on from Mrazic either, but also you have to remember Mrazic has, at least the last couple of years of his career, has run into some injury issues. Uh, so right. you have to take that into account. Uh, I'm not quite sure what is left on his contract. Um, oh, we're talking Morazic, right? We are talking Morazic. I'm not quite sure what his contract situation is looking like. Uh, but if you are going to look for a trade, one of those goaltenders would probably be, uh, you could get a solid return for any of the three of these guys. Two years left. One year left, excuse me. At uh about 3.125. Yeah, see, that's movable. That is a movable contract for a goaltender that, oh, let's be honest, is aging a bit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, any of these goaltending tandems shocking you over there, Matty Fish? Um, I mean, obviously going with three goaltenders is pretty wild. I've never been a fan of Peter Morazic, to be honest with you. And I well, kind he of didn't really do all too hot yeah. when he was in Philly. Oh, yeah. He is one of nine. Oh, one of nine season that was. I almost yeah. wonder if it's not so much he failed Philly, but Philly failed him. No. He, all, right, all right, Adam. No, all right. It. Calm it down <laughs> over there. Huh? Calm it down. No. Listen, as someone that knows bad goaltending, I, I, I feel like it's maybe more of a team problem. Than... I was going to say, do you have your PhD in bad goaltending? I mean, I feel like I do being a Sharks fan right now. So hold on now. We have doctorates in cheese. <laughs> And then we also have doctorates in bad goaltending on this podcast. I'm surrounded by doctors. What a your, what life, a is, your life is in good hands. What a great place to be at right now. <laughs> if you need cheese knowledge or shitty goaltending, we got you covered here and on the PowerPoint. Uh, yeah, which is great. Uh, so to move on a bit to more goaltending stuff, because I am not going to stop <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the goaltending power hour with on the power play. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, this is the last, this is the last touch. I'm, I'm sorry, but I got to touch on this. So the Boston Bruins who as of late have not been playing the best hockey, uh, Matt, I believe you said it was, uh, it was uh, Keith Jones of the Jones. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers um, post game show and NBC. 
and NBC. And, and he works for NBC on the national stage. Uh, he said that the Bruins were a flat out bad team. Could you could you explain what he said? Because I was I didn't hear the the quote like you did. He just says they're a frontline team, you know, besides looking at players like Bergeron, Marshan, Pasternak, and the new and Charlie uh Charlie McAvoy on defense. There's not a lot of depth on this team. And it showed in the month of March being one of the bottom teams and goals scored. So they yeah, they definitely have been struggling. Well. If we're going to be honest, you can also, if the team is struggling on the front end, the back end has not gotten any better. Uh, so their stud goaltender, Tuka Rask, has played one game since March 7th, which, by the way, when this podcast drops, which would be uh, tomorrow for us, but for you it's today, that is a whole month ago. A whole calendar month has passed, and he has played one game when he left after only one period against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, They're calling it an upper body injury, but it sure looked like it was back related given how Rask held his back as he skated off the ice late in the early March contest, according to yahoosports.com. The Bruins win percentage in 12 games without Rask, 500. (laughs) And this this is a Bruins team that was supposed to be, you know, stellar, supposed to pretty much take over uh, the East. And it was just a battle for whoever was behind the Bruins. Uh, but now it's really starting to show they have some holes in this team when their goaltender, Tuka Rask, is not between the pipes. Uh, right now, I believe they have two rookie goaltenders, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Correct. Uh, the names of which I'm trying to find. I know one is uh, Dan Bladder, I believe is how the last name's pronounced. It's eerily similar to uh, Darth Vader's. Yes, uh, Vladder and Swayman would be the two goaltenders what? in uh, in mean. Boston because – Apparently, Yaroslav Halak had a positive COVID test and is out for two weeks. <laughs> oh, so, the Bruins are in are are in for a interesting two week period here without a veteran like Yaroslav Halak to back up the two Rask missing time. Uh, so it does say here in this article that uh, Vladar and Swayman uh, are are arguably a bit better than Halak and also younger. However, if you're the Bruins right now, and if you're a Bruins fan, you're kind of shaking a little bit right now because the Flyers are only three points behind you. You are still five points away from the Penguins. Uh, You're in that fourth place bubble spot, but there are teams gaining on you fast between the Flyers and the Rangers. Uh, And you have two out of the next three games against the Flyers, with which on Monday night you lost two in overtime. You did get the point. However... If you don't continue to take it over time, you're going to start giving up points to someone who's directly behind you. So if you're the Bruins, how do you attack this situation? Do you, do you restructure your defense? Do you start trying to sign defensive forwards or, or any, any like really good defensemen since it is a trade deadline? What's your next move if you're in the box office or not the box office, if you're in the front office of this Boston Bruins team? I want to hear the people's other, GM. Other than, other than resign. Uh, and resign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a diehard Flyers fan. I want to hear the people's DM on this. Let's hear it, Adam. Um, well, first things first, I feel like I have to add to this dog pile of Bruins misery. Uh, it was just announced a mere 14 minutes ago via Sportsnet on Twitter that the Bruins will be without the service of top defenseman Charlie McAvoy here tonight on Tuesday. Oh, boy. Is that trade deadline stuff or is he hurt? He's uh, out with a uh, upper body injury. Oh, things are not looking good for the Bruins. I do love so, to, to bask in their misery, however. But Adam, I've, I want to see your your GM skills here. How are you digging yourself out of your out of this hole here at well, the I trade f- deadline? Luckily, I feel like one of the first things I'd look at, depending on how long, well, you figure Halak's going to be out for two weeks. I don't know exactly how long Tuka's going to be out for, but there's a couple goaltenders allegedly on the market, and if you know. One of, if not both, of your star goaltenders right now are going to be out long-term. I might be looking up to pick up a guy like a James Reimer or a Chris Dredger, who is allegedly on the block for Florida. Uh, I don't know what pieces you move for that. For that, Maybe a couple draft picks if you're expecting to be high up there in the standings and you don't want to, you know, you can spare to give up a couple of uh, low-end draft picks, so to speak. Um, I don't uh, with how with how Dredger's playing right now though I don't think that Florida would take anything less than at least an NHL caliber player. I would agree, but 
the league is weird. And it's also Florida who haven't been here before. So, I mean, to take words from Buffalo at one point, we've never been in this position before. We were scared. <laughs> so who knows uh, what happens. Sabres. But um, that would be probably one of the first things I would address is um, if this goaltending starts to get a little bit more shaky than where they're currently at, I might look to add a depth piece. Um, as far as the defense goes without Charlie McAvoy, I don't know if there's a defenseman you can go out there to fill that hole, but it might not hurt if you have someone in the system, bring him up to fill that hole that you have faith in. Uh, and rumor has it that they might be looking at getting Taylor Hall. So that is the rumor. We can transition into that because I set it up that way. Good on you, <laughs> Ryan. Anyways, uh, so there are two relatively large ish names out there as far as forwards are concerned uh, and they're both sitting tonight in lieu of the coming trade deadline which starts making you think are they on the move they probably means they are by the way for those of you that don't know anyways the two individuals i am talking about are kyle palmieri of the new jersey devils and taylor hall of the buffalo sabers now there are strong reports that the bruins are among the teams interested in kyle palmieri uh, I'm not quite sure how many teams that consists of, but I do know the Bruins are looking into a defensive and strong veteran presence on their forward core. And that would be perfect uh, for a Kyle Palmieri situation as he is just a solid forward can play two way hockey and has been a captain and a good captain at a, on a very good NHL caliber team um, in the years that the New Jersey devils are making cup runs with uh with bro door so do you think that that's the move or let me riddle you this uh also taylor hall being on the trade deadline also sitting tonight also being on that block uh right now i'm not seeing any specific teams in on taylor hall uh i believe that the capitals are you know poking around and seeing what's good there uh, right here it says Florida, St. Louis, and and there they are, and and Boston are among the teams involved in Taylor Hall. Do you think that Boston picks up both, just one, or none at all? And then if they do pick up just one, who do you think would be their best bet uh, as the team stands right now in a slew of uh, defensive problems and also kind of on the on the hot seat of that East Division. I'd say Kyle Palmieri because yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Because they're only going to get one for how how tight everything is, salary rise, and they don't want to get two big pieces that will turn out to be rentals, giving up a lot. Not that's not what they want. So I think if they were to go after a big splashy forward, it'd be veteran Kyle Palmieri. But do you think that they also might lean the offensive way and, and get a and get a Taylor Hall maybe? I feel like they don't need it. Yeah, I don't see where Taylor Hall would fit on this team. I think that's my issue with the Taylor Hall situation. She Kyle Palmieri, I can slotted. see fitting. Right. Um, he would and have to get slotted second line. He would have to, and then also maybe third line if you really think about it. Um, but then again, if you're the the Bruins, what are you moving for the for one of these guys? Mm. You know, do you, are you going to have to trade like maybe a Charlie Coyle or something like that? You know. I mean, now Charlie Coyle isn't necessarily your best player by a long shot, but he's definitely a core piece to this Bruins yeah. group, if I'm not mistaken. I'd say so. He's definitely part of that depth, which I was very confused as them saying they didn't have. I mean, I could see them maybe not having the scoring depth, but I mean, I feel like you could say the same thing about like a team like Washington that's won the cup before. And I, I mean, they have two, three, maybe four good goal scorers on that team. One obviously being Ovi. So, I mean, right. you need – obviously, you need to score more goals to win games. That's how hockey works. Whoa, big but, shock. I did not know that. Yeah, surprise. Thank hey, you, Adam, for that information. I'm not the people's GM for nothing. Uh, very good point. It's a very good point. You got rings. You got rings. I can't argue with true. rings. I can't argue but with that bling. Can't do it. I also kind of sometimes subscribe to the fact that, like, hey, if you can get one goal on the board and then just out-defense your team, that's a good strategy too. So, I mean, it's, it's a weird balance. Especially it is, yeah. 
I mean, especially with the with the goaltending problems they're running into right now. Yeah, I feel like I just I thought of this while we were talking about trades. I I feel like going outside the box and uh, sending some feelers out to Nashville and Tyus Eckholm. I feel like he would be a great fit for that defensive core. Especially now, now that's an idea. Now that's an idea because Nashville is looking to sell right now. Um, or kind of, yeah, or okay. Shane goes to Spain. Was he so he cleared waivers, right? He's with the yeah. uh, Phantoms right yeah, now. He's, no, Actually, he's I with think the Flyers. He's on the taxi squad. He's with the Flyers. Oh, he's on the, taxi he's on the squad. ice. Okay. Right. He's on the ice right now. Actually. Oh. Yeah. What a well, weird well, move <laughs> to throw him on waivers and then just he clears it and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess we'll just put you out there. Maybe a cat move. Maybe the. It was kind of a cat stop. move to kind of just kind of see what your situation is at least with him and kind of go against because Chuck Fletcher had his half uh, mid-season press conference and he said that teams aren't looking to uh, take up money take money in and he put that to test by putting up a four million dollar cap in Shane Gossipier on waivers so and it, it lived up to what he said so is 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 Chuck Fletcher out here playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Maybe, maybe. Big Chucky Fletch. Can we can we expand? Hold on, I I have many a question. Can we expand on this whole Taylor Hall will fix the team situation? It seems like this has happened on four separate occasions where a team has brought in Taylor Hall thinking that they're going to fix their problems, and then they realize Taylor Hall is about as average as average could be. And it was not the goal scorer he was when he was with Edmonton. And the Oilers right now are looking like geniuses. Or Jersey. Mm. Right now, Edmonton's looking smart, smart. I feel like they got rid of him when the time was right. I feel like this might be another situation of the team failing the player, not so much the player failing the team. I feel like whatever magic he had in New Jersey – it wasn't so much a one-off, but I don't know if like the chemistry fell out. I don't know what line he was playing on. I don't know what happened there, but I feel like the two teams that he's been on, especially in Buffalo, like he's got no supporting cast other than Jack Eichel. And Jack Eichel's been struggling really since he got to Buffalo. So I feel yeah. as far as the Buffalo situation goes, I feel like that's a a team failing everybody is what Buffalo is looking at right now. Uh, I mean, Buffalo looks like right now one of those dead cities that the Oilers were for a very long time in the mid 2000s to yeah. to early 2010s. I mean, just a team where your career went to die almost even before it began in some cases. Yeah, but um, they're but they're happy. Their bills are back to elite level. They're yes, a big football yes. city. They're big a huge, football still, city. Huge football city. Uh, Bills so. Bills Mafia. I would love to go to a tailgate there. And get sent through a folding table. <laughs> That's like one of my dreams. My, my neighbors went up to uh, Buffalo when the Eagles played there. They had a good time. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even care yeah. if it was an Eagles game or not. They Buffalo and Philadelphia fans and Buffalo fans got along great because they both like to drink a lot. They like to drink like, a lot. Oh, they you like, like to drink and party? We like to drink and party. <laughs> you How like wings? It? We like wings. Do you want to get sent through this folding table off of the top of this RV? Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. An Eagles-Bills tailgate. What a degenerate situation yeah. <laughs> that would be. Oh. In the in the midst of rain, like, perfect setting, you know? I, lo- I love it so much. It's just – it's a dream of mine almost. I'm, I might throw that on a bucket list. We're not a football podcast, but I might throw that on a bucket list. <laughs> I feel uh, like we're supposed it- to be calling out another uh... – Southside Productions podcast at this point. We've already- I think I think we might have to, but uh, we don't we don't have a football one other than the um, the um, what I know the one you're thinking Nick of, Fe- but I can't Nick think Federico's. of it. Yeah, Nick, Nick Federico and the Sports Beat there for the New York there Sports it Beat. Is. Yeah, we're calling you out. Well, they also cover the Jets, those poor saps. So yeah, uh, yeah, you hate to see it. Speaking of really bad teams, the Sabers right now. Um, I, obviously looking to sell house at this point, they have absolutely no shot of sniffing the playoffs currently with an eight 23 and six record with 22 points. Um, yeah. I, are you only looking to sell Taylor hall though? No, I feel like if you can move a contract like Jeff Skinner's, I would move that immediately. 
I feel like you're kind of locked in with Kyle Acapozo, but if you could move him, that would be something I'd look to move. Would anybody but, want Kyle Acapozo, though? That's what I mean. I don't think anyone would touch him, but if you can get out from underneath that contract, it's not a bad move. But uh, I, what about, it's like, Ramses like Darlene? Like yeah, no, do you want to lose stud, him, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you really don't. Because he's a good player. I, I don't want to hit the eject button, but if Jack Eichel is pushing to get traded, I might look into shopping him but not looking to completely take whatever the first offer is. Someone like a Jeff Skinner or a Kyle Acapozo, I would take the first offer I get if it's, you know, reasonable. Um, Jack Eichel, I would send a little bit more feelers out if he's adamant about leaving. It would suck because then you're immediately entering a hard rebuild again, which I... A hard, hard rebuild without those guys. But at this point, I feel like unless you want to take the the Red Wing approach and, you know, build it slow, but you've got to have the right GM for that. And I don't think they have that either. No, um, I don't think they have a competent front office there in Buffalo who has been able to, you you can't have that kind of talent and then nothing happen. Uh, It's, it's on, it's honestly somewhat baffling because we can't look at this lineup and be like, Oh, the whole thing's trash. Like there's talent on that lineup. Yeah. It's just that it, it hasn't weird. performed on the ice. It's it's a weird situation. It boggles my mind that they're owned by the same team that's now running the charge on the successful Buffalo Bills. I know they're 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 owned by the same front office staff, and it seems like they can't have the same success with their hockey team, which is kind of unfortunate. But you know, also they're in the East Division, so I'm okay with it. If you want to be dumpster divers, you can go right ahead. Uh, also, if you'd like to send Jack Eichel to Philly, feel free. Um, <laughs> I can't see that. It'd be fun. I'd enjoy be, it. I would be shocked. <laughs> uh, you guys want Nolan Patrick? Take him. Um, Imagine uh, he skyrockets in Buffalo, though. That would happen. That would happen. That's actually exactly what would happen. Yeah. He's the piece they've been missing the whole time. They sell house and just bring in Nolan Patrick, and all of a sudden <laughs> they're in the cup finals. Everybody's no. looking around like, what the hell? Hold on. Hold on. Nolan Patrick is playing every aspect of the ice, including the goal. <laughs> like uh, like Bugs Bunny in the uh, yes. uh, in the baseball episode uh, with the uh, yeah. gas house gorillas. Yes. <laughs> Center, Nolan Patrick. Left wing, Nolan Patrick. Right wing, Nolan Patrick. Defense, Nolan Patrick. Defense, Nolan Patrick. In net, good Nolan Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> true and uh, true. Yeah. I will throw since before we, we have too much fun here. Sabres. Dear God. What was that, buddy? Um, I will throw out there. I've been seeing a lot of people want to see Taylor Hall go back to Edmonton, and I would low-key love to see that too. I don't think Edmonton wants to bring him in, though, you know? I th- I don't know. I, something about a Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Taylor Hall line just, like, speaks music to my ears. Does that does that tickle you pink? It does. Is it that bo- is that boat in your float? It, yes, very much so. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Speaking <laughs> of floating my boat. Ooh. And tickling my peaches. Ooh. This is one of the funniest stories I have heard in the hockey universe in a very long time. <laughs> We're going to wrap up the show with this just beautiful, beautiful tidbit uh, from former New York Ranger and Columbus Blue Jacket and since retired forward Brandon Dubinsky about the debate between who is better between Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. I love it when retired NHL players hop on Twitter and just start firing off. Uh, I reference Mike Commodore. If you don't follow him on Twitter, it's hysterical. Highly suggest it. Roberto uh, Luongo, I feel like, is another one. And Roberto Luongo is also – he was he was funny while he was playing, though. True. You know, now he just has more time to send off tweets. <laughs> um, anyways, so in the uh, this uh, YahooSports.com article, which I, I I might read like pretty much verbatim here, but I am giving them credit, so it's okay. Uh, according to Stephen Sihogios of YahooSports.com, uh, Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin have been measured against each other since they entered the NHL in 2005-2006. Uh, Both have their fair share of supporters, but former New York Rangers and Columbus Blue Jackets forward Brandon Dubisky is not one of them. (laughs) Quoted saying, uh, Dubinsky, that is, said, everybody wants to talk about Sid and Ovi, whatever. Dude, fuck Sid. Like, I'll take Ovi every day of the week. Uh, I got Ovi. I got an Ovi stick. Listen, I asked Ovi for an autographed stick. I got it from him, thanked him for it. I would never ask Sid for a stick ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> and then everybody's, uh, you know, because that was an interview, and everybody's like, hey, Crosby's better. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, he takes to Twitter, which, you know, usually never works out for anybody. I'm just going to say, uh, when you take to Twitter as a response, uh, he tweeted a picture of, looks like the hockey reference page of Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin, quoted uh, on his, tw- his tweet says, Listen, Crosby is better than me, and I never said he wasn't. He's obviously one of the best ever. It was uh, Ovi versus Sid. None of you play in the NHL and know how hard it is to score goals in the NHL. 724 is insane. Sid just whined way too much, and Ovi just shut up and played hard. And you want to know what, Brandon? I agree with you. That's why I like Ovi, because he plays the game hard, like you're supposed to play hockey. He plays with his body. He makes defensive plays. And he also happens to be one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, which is kind of helpful. Uh, What are you guys thinking about this Dubinsky situation? Because, look, Brandon Dubinsky was not necessarily one of the uh, greatest NHL players of all time, but he he made his name uh, as the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, played for the Rangers. I feel like he had a solid career. He had a solid career. But how do you think about this, you know, retired, basically, you know, average NHLer? Well, really had a whole lot of success firing off about Sid and Ovi. He's fought Sid twice, twice, I believe. And he, I'm pretty sure he's the only person to fight Sidney Crosby multiple times. He probably would have wanted some more, not going to lie. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, Brandy Dubinsky is known for getting under people's skin as that type of player. And it's just funny. He's like gotten over under uh, Sidney Crosby's skin the most out of basically any other player, which is, I find comical. I feel like um, he enjoyed it, though. I feel like that was fun to him, which I love, by the way. But I don't think that that was something he felt obligated to do for his team. He was like, I'm just going to see how much I can piss off this guy. <laughs> I mean, he pissed off the rest there. of the league pretty I mean, listen, when you're up against a, a good player like Sidney Crosby, I feel like you got to kind of do whatever it takes to kind of throw him off his game. Because if you can get Sidney Crosby off his game, I feel like it drastically shifts everything more into your team's favor than it just keeps it in Pittsburgh's favor. If right. he's on his game, you're you've got to play hard. If you can knock him off his game, who knows? And but I'm, as far as the argument goes, I would honestly, and you guys will probably hate me for saying it, I do kind of feel like Sidney Crosby's the better hockey player of the two. That's not to say that Ovi isn't the best goal scorer, but I feel like that's kind of where that line ends. Great goal scorer, but I don't know if I would classify him as better than a uh, better hockey player than Sidney Crosby. I feel like he kind of checks more boxes than Ovi. But I agree. I agree. But uh, hold on, hold on, boys, before we all just go on the Sidney Crosby train here. Okay. Oh, I'm not on. Everybody Sydney. breathe. Everybody breathe. Say, okay. Don't you ever say I'm on Sidney Crosby's train? Because I, I, I feel like I'm the voice of reason Crosby's here train. on the Sidney Crosby train. All right. You so, watch your you watch your tone there, Brian Bingaman. You watch your mouth now. Um, and so here's my thing though, via the eye test, as it as I would like to put it, I like Alex Ovechkin's game better because. I think he plays with more grit, a little more sandpaper. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. He's also not afraid to check you through a wall, which he has done to many people in his career. I think he plays hockey the right way. Sidney Crosby just skates in open ice and doesn't want to take hits, doesn't want to get in any scraps. And also, Ovi has 300 more goals than he does. So I'm I'm, I'm wondering what boxes, Adam, Sidney checks that Ovi does the same boxes a player like Connor McDavid checks or Nathan McKinnon or insert other good player here. Like, I feel like Connor McDavid is right now, probably one of the best hockey players on the ice right now. And I feel like he checks a lot of the same skill boxes, speed boxes. I listen, I'm, I'm an offensive guy. I'm all for offense, throw defense out the window, you know, goaltending aside. But I mean, that's a bit rude. I would like a defense, <laughs> Adam. Okay. Yes. But like I said, listen, if I'm playing any sort of fighting game, I'm all out to att- attack, 
no defense. You you can light me up as much as you want, but I'm coming out swinging hard. Hmm. Okay. All right. But so that's it, it's a great argument, and I feel like you can full podcast out of who the better hockey player is between Sydney and Ovi. But again, I'm not saying Ovi is a bad hockey player by any stretch of the uh, the imagination. He is probably the best goal scorer we're ever going to see hit the NHL for some time. Right. But I feel like right now Crosby's the better hockey player and he's soon to be eclipsed by Connor McDavid. I see, I get what you're saying, but I just like, from what I like watch is what I'm saying. Right. And I can I understand think, where you're coming from. I think Ovi plays the more complete game than Sydney does. And I think that's why I think in, in my oh, mind, he's the better player. He just plays more of a complete argument. game. How um, do you feel though about um, these star players now kind of taking liberties and going into business for themselves with Connor McDavid throwing elbows and Nathan McKinnon throwing helmets? That, yeah, the Nathan McKinnon throwing a helmet at a guy was hysterical, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I was at work and I was showing a couple of my coworkers the video of McKinnon throwing that helmet. And I came across an edited video of throwing the helmet and when it connects it plays the taco bell gong sound (laughs) (laughs) i love that oh yes uh i like it a lot because i think that there's a lot of uh i feel like Sidney crosby was an archetype that i never wanted to see continue to be a thing and guys like nathan mckinnon and um and uh have broken out of that and are like no 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 we're gonna we're gonna play hockey the way hockey's supposed to be played we're not afraid to take on people because we got size we know we got skill and i'm not afraid to run through you or into you um which is why i think they play more of a alex ovechkin type game but i digress you're right we could we could do this all day long if we wanted to uh however we are a little long right now so we're gonna wrap up the episode Little bit of uh, the return of the BBC here. Uh, took last week off because we had a long one with all the trade deadline stuff. Um, we were four and two that week, though. So oh, nice. one more, one more good record on money line alone, and we're gonna start getting into the more in depth bets because when it starts getting to the in depth bets is when Brian starts taking L's, and I need some confidence before I go in. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go straight up money lines in these games. Um, if, if there's something that catches my eye a little bit, I'll make sure to mention it, but right now I'm just going off of what I'm seeing from these teams and who I think is going to win. So up first in these games tonight on Wednesday night, tomorrow for us here, uh, we got the Oilers at the senators Oilers walk away with that win. I got Maple Leafs, Canadians, the Maple Leafs do win that game. However, I do think it's going to be high scoring and close. Uh, so if you would like to bet the Canadians, if you're feeling risque, I don't think it's a bad option. Um, Avalanche at wild. I actually have the wild in this one. I think that their defense and goaltending will help them in this game. I got golden Knights against blues. Got the golden Knights top and the blues in this one. And then coyotes Kings. I got the Yotes from Arizona in this one. Ow, ow, ow. Boo. I need LA to win. Sharks mm. two points out of a playoff spot. Sorry, buddy. I got the Yotes on this one. Uh, can't, can't help you here. Can't help you. I, and I that was, the BBC, uh, Adam. I believe we have a little bit of a of a different ending here tonight. You wanna yeah. you wanna you wanna plug your your uh, your little project right now. Your little baby. Yeah. You wanna plug that? So yeah, I'll plug away. Uh, you know, people's GMs take another little vacation. You know, got all these rings. I gotta you know. I can't weigh my hands down too much. I gotta do those finger exercises. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta help yourself. You know? Yes, of course. Um, and so in the downtime, I've been working on this little project. We've talked a lot about getting our YouTube game going, our streaming game going, and I'm kind of looking to kick that door in and say, hey, let's just stream some NHL 21 simulated hockey games with creative teams from all over the world. You're going to Kool-Aid man that door just right Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Is that that sound a lot like Macho Man Randy Savage? Is that two Macho Man references in one episode? It happens easily. It does. It, does. it happens Listen. too easily sometimes. Oh, yeah. Macho Man going to bring the hockey to your brother. I'm going to play a little bit of the NHL. Then you go. 
Get a little bit of the stone cold. What? <laughs> Another beer. Two beers. <laughs> what? Three beers. What? <laughs> Sounds like a Tuesday night for Brian. Um, it's true. <laughs> we're slowly becoming a wrestling podcast, and I'm low-key loving it. It's transitioning. It is. It's true. I feel Always like, transitioning. Uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I think I teased two teams uh, last week. I believe it was the uh, Jacksonville Interstellars, and I believe it might have been the Philadelphia Warriors. I don't remember. No, uh, it was them or the Nordiques. I don't remember. But right By now- the way, fantastic <laughs> names. Philadelphia yes. Warriors? You, yes, know the, you know they're the first team to ever win an NBA championship, right? No, I did not know that. The Philadelphia really Warriors. Well, guess what? The now they're looking to win the insert championship name here because I haven't named the league yet. <laughs> that what what a great name for that league, insert champions. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep it that way, honestly. It's a, it's a working title. But uh, <laughs> for uh, for us, the uh, the Warriors were inspired by uh, our college ESU. All right, our remnants nice. of ESU's current hockey jerseys. Um, Jacksonville's pretty reminiscent of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there's a couple other teams floating out there. I'm think I was thinking originally doing 31 teams. My well of creativity is running dry. Brian mentioned off the pod, maybe you know condensing it i don't know to how many teams i think i sit at like 15 16 right now at the time of recording see what happens uh i've actually run a similar league once before i think with like six teams and a group of friends and we all had a blast with it so i i think it's a, it's something that can work if uh if uh you know done well and i've seen similar leagues work with enough consistency i look at um the, the YouTube channel, uh, GG9 and his XBA series. Shout out to him. He doesn't listen. I, if he does, hello. I watch your <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, but no, he does, he did something similar with the NBA 2K19 series and he took every single team, took them out and replaced them with his own. And he's done four seasons of basketball with a fantasy roster on every single team. And it's amazing. He's got fan interaction where you can win custom prospects, which is a model I love. Um, very user interactive, which I think we could do perfectly well. Me and Bing can call games. We can get Maddie Fish at ice level. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Get Maddie Fish between the boards. <laughs> yes, the, the Maddie Fish, the Pierre Maguire of the uh, on the power play. <laughs> I'm bald. I'm not. Except bald. he's not bald. He's got great hair. Listen, I've got a bald cap lined locks. up for you. Yeah, we can I we can put it. we can slap a bald cap on you now. Okay. Get a green sheet behind you and just green screen you in between the boards. Oh my gosh. The ideas are flowing, y'all. Yes, very exciting stuff coming from the podcast, but even more exciting is stuff that already dropped. Go to the merch store. It yes. is on the bios of our Twitter and Instagram. And if you don't know where the Twitter and Instagram are, it's OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram. That does it for this episode of On the Power Play. We'll catch you guys next time. Trade deadline episode trade deadline episode.